Well, are you glad you came today? Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much this morning. Well, I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about Jesus. Is that okay? <laughs> I won't keep you much longer, <clears throat> but I do have a few things that I think that you'll, you'll like. What I've been meditating on since the Spirit of the Lord is the one who leads everything around here, I heard him very clearly that coming into the new year, we were to turn our focus, as it always is, but our focus on Jesus, everything Jesus. I believe as we go through this year, we're going to realize why. Because the scripture tells us that we're to look onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So I'm going to make my way through this just a little bit. I'm just opening some things up this morning. And I look forward these Sunday mornings to really just getting with you. And to see Jesus truly demonstrated in the midst. This is just not me teaching on Jesus. I believe this is a demonstration of what wants to manifest regarding Jesus. Can I have your faith agreement this morning? So anytime during these messages, you can receive your healing. You can receive an answer. You can receive a solution. You can receive a touch from heaven. Just sitting there, a revelation from the Father regarding something in your life. How many people will receive that? How many people have ever seen it, you know, that the preacher's preaching away and he or she said something and you haven't heard what they said the last 15 minutes because you're still thinking on one thing they said 15 minutes ago. How many people has ever had that happen to you? Well, don't let it happen to you. <laughs> it happens to all of us. What are you thinking on? You're thinking on that which struck a chord. You see, the whole message is not for everyone. The Spirit of God ministers to you in every message the part that you need. That's why I believe the food is good here, but you couldn't live of what you get 35, 40 minutes every Sunday. If you were to only eat once every week, food, what would you look like? I look at your neighbor and say, mm-hmm. What would you look like? So you can take it from that. You can't, you can't sustain yourself on what another person feeds you. Truly. You have to learn to feed yourself. Was it not the wilderness and the promised land scenario? Where God fed them, sustained them in the wilderness... But when they were taking ground, when they were taking land, when they were coming into their moment of seizing, laying hold of, taking territory, they had to learn to do it for themselves. Now, God was still with them. His power was available through them. But he wasn't dropping manna. 
And the whole scenario with that is that a whole generation had to die off of a slave mentality who just wanted consumerism, who just wanted God to do it. You with me? So there are great laws at work, laws that govern, laws of the spirit, laws that you cannot see. They're invisible to the natural eye, but they are there. And when you work with these laws, these laws will work like a hot knife through butter. We're not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. To think that we're just constantly waiting on God doing something is real, really, truly been wrong teaching. God has already set it up. And now we are partakers partners, sons, joint heirs. And we are invited into the life of the spirit, walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. In other words, if you walk in the spirit, your hardware will, hardware wire will not become corrupted. What Satan constantly wants to do is to corrupt your hardwire. He wants to constantly mess with you. Satan does not want you ever to get a full 100% revelation of the makeup of man, spirit, soul, and body. Because when a man or a woman of God get a true revelation of the makeup of man, things begin to change. Things become compartmentalized. You know what is of the spirit. You know what is of the soul. You know what is of the flesh, the physical. How do we know these things? That's why we read our Bibles. That's why faith comes by hearing. Because the word is like a what? A two-edged sword. It cuts to the dividing of the spirit and the soul. The word will show you what is spirit, what is flesh, what is you, what is spirit, what is his desire. What is your desire? What is his plan? What is your plan? If you were truly, truly submitted to God, to the Father, if Jesus is your focus, then he will reveal to you if you really want the truth. Hallelujah. That's okay for you today. I'm starting this out today with Jesus is the way. 
this is the way. And I can nearly hear all those Mandalorian geeks. This is the way. Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. If we were to stay on this one verse the rest of this year, I guarantee you that your life will be changed gloriously. For him to make a statement, for us to have a scripture, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, verse 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. We have used it religiously. We've seen it in stained glass windows. We have it on paintings. We have it on Christmas cards. We have it on Easter cards. We, we have it in baptism cards. We have it on everything. But it is a, it's a kursumva. Is it alive in your heart when your way seems to be blocked? Do you have it rising in your heart? Jesus is the way. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but it's going to turn out for my good. Just like what I said a few minutes ago, why are we looking at the opposition? Why are we entertaining stuff that we were given the victory over? Why are we sitting there allowing the feeling of life to move us? Well, I'm not really having a good day today because, you know, I've, I've been bombarded with thoughts, memories. Well, that's your choice. That's my choice. Have I succumbed to that myself once in a while? Absolutely, but it's my choice. For me not to have a good day is my choice. For me to stop dead in my tracks because of situation, circumstance, or, or the scenario, I don't think I can go on. I don't think I can go any further. I don't think I can do this. For, for, for me to get to that point is that I have lost focus on Jesus way back because that does not happen overnight. Do you know people do not backslide away from faith overnight. It happens over a period of time. That means that somewhere, somehow, you let go of what you used to hold on to. And it's time to get that back. I'm going to say that again. It's time to get that back. You say, well, I, 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 that's not for me. But as I said a minute ago, it is for somebody. Because you're asking, I don't know what's wrong. And God is coming to you today by the power of the Spirit and letting you know what is wrong. Do you know you can feel disconnected from your family if you're not praying for them? Because prayer is what keeps you connected. You can become a, a sense of disconnection from your wife, your husband. But it's prayer that connects. And I'm not talking about you always having to, to sit, you know, uh, you know, like Velcro, you know, and praying in each other's ears. I'm just talking about you praying for each other in the spirit, holding each other before God. There are spiritual laws that work. And this is keeping our focus on Jesus. <laughs> You can feel disconnected from a church, but then I could ask you, are you praying for us? I just don't feel connected to Pastor Paul anymore, but are you praying for me? 
because prayer is what will keep that connection. When you pray for me, it's like even if you got offended at me and you're having a hard time, you know, you know, with me, if you pray for me, that offense will leave because it is impossible for offense to stay in any relationship if you pray. Why? Because prayer I'm trying not to go down rabbit trails. How many people knows what I'm saying is the truth? Prayer is key to it all. See, when you begin to pray, your focus may be off. When you begin to pray, you know, you could just be like head spinning. But when you start to pray, things begin to change, especially when you pray in other tongues. Oh, here we go. Yes, here we go. Because a minute ago, you weren't going anywhere. And now you're pulling the ripcord of your future. You're opening all sorts of opportunities now because you're not praying in your mind about things that you know and she said and he said and I don't know about this and I don't know about that and look at them and look at her and look at him and I don't know, change them. I mean, how many prayers in your life have you asked God to change people? And that's not really a prayer that you should be praying. Because it is God's will to change people. Our agreement is working with him that we change. We have enough work to be done here without us praying change for someone else. I just went quiet in here. Change their hearts, Lord. You see, those are those soulish reaches the emotions, the mind, trying to make sense of it. And then, and then we hear coming out of our mouth, nonsense. Even with a tear attached to it. <laughs> Come on, don't look left or right. You know who you're talking about. How many people's ever cried to try and make God do something? Don't put up your hands. I don't. Imagine God stepping out there and the Holy Spirit brooding in the beginning of Genesis and, and God starting to cry. Look what, look what Satan's done to the place. What are we going to do? I mean, it was beautiful. Imagine God sitting down with Adam. Adam, you've broke my heart. How could you do this to me? But we're like that. Somebody in your family does something, a, a son or a daughter does something, and parents are immediately saying, how could you do this to me? Sin. 
It says to lay aside every weight and sin that so easily, <laughs> that so easily besets us, entangles. There's very few that, that really, just in flesh, that sets out to be real ugly. Usually when it gets to sinister, I believe that's demonic interference. But flesh stuff, that can happen to anybody. How many people knows that? How many people has ever had an ugly flesh moment? And how many people would be honest that it wasn't demonic? It was just flesh. I'm going to speak over here. Are you all good? Spirit, flesh. <laughs> so let's see if we can flip it. <laughs> how many people is understanding what the Spirit of the Lord is trying to say to us today? We're just having a chat. Because me and the Lord, we're determined, we're going to get this. That you understand even what is flesh, ugly flesh, and what is demonic interference. Because there's a lot of people trying to bind flesh. And it's not flesh. It's not, it's not demons. So you can't bind flesh. You crucify it. Emily says you butcher it. And the Apostle Paul says you, you handle yourself roughly. You buffet yourself as a soldier. Oh, Pastor Paul, please. I don't know if you're into Marvel and DC and all of those different things. And periodically I dabble. You know, forgive me. <laughs> but periodically I dabble and, you know, switch off, you know. And uh, one of the things I switch off, switched off there recently was to this DC arrow, the green arrow or something like that. I told Joshua that I was watching and he says, oh, dad, that's so cheesy. I'm like, go watch your own stuff. Just leave me alone. If I'm finding it entertainment, it's all good. But one of the reasons I, I, I enjoyed so much watching it was because of the tenacity. What this person went through. The strength, the mind games. These things speak to me. I know it's Hollywood. But sometimes Hollywood has a greater grasp on these things than the church. It seems that everybody can be strong except the church. We have to play to the weakness. I think I'm cursing on the front row. The ballet all those years. The rigorous workings. All the I mean, that's enough to break your toes. Wasn't that really graceful what I did just there? 
It's all in the dropping of the wee finger. I'm so glad God did not call me to ballet. Well, Pastor, sometimes your jeans that you wear, they look like you're in the ballet. Now some of you are thinking that. But when you have legs like these, why not? You're all just trying to hide your knobbly knees. When you're a beefcake, honey, you can just ride it on out into the sunset. You and your baggy clothes. So let's keep our focus on Jesus. <laughs> and leave my legs alone. He is the way. <laughs> Proverbs 14, 18. But the path of the just, the righteous, is like the light of dawn. This shines brighter and brighter until it reaches, reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day. I'm reaching towards that perfect day. I'm reaching towards that full strength. You ain't seen nothing yet. You think that I've, I'm telling you that I'm in my A game. You have no idea what's coming. The greatest days are right up ahead of us. He illuminates our path. Our parked path doesn't get darker. Our path lights up. It automatically lights up. I step in the direction of God. I'm working in the ways of the Spirit. I'm killing off the flesh. I'm sowing to the Spirit. I'm walking in the, in the light as He is in the light. And everything is lighting up. And, and there, there's a voice, praise the Lord. Amen. This is the way. Walk in it. This is the way. Walk in it. This is the way. I mean, even in the Wizard of Oz, they had a song. <laughs> Follow the yellow brick road. We just have to follow this lit up path. And if, if the reason, if I keep you here to three o'clock, you'll enjoy it. You can tell when it's not as bright. <laughs> you can tell when it's not as bright. I'm back over here with flesh. <laughs> Just let me play. It's my party. <laughs> You can tell when it's not as bright. How many people understand what I just said? You can tell when it's not as bright. So what we have to do then is be honest, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and find where it's bright again. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many people enjoy the light? Isn't it wonderful? Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
Another translation says, your word is like a lamp that shows me the way. It is like a light that guides me. And the message says this, by your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. Isn't that beautiful? Well, I'll receive that beam of light. You know what I've learned? When I speak, I switch on lights. When I speak the word, I'm switching on lights. When I speak the word, I'm switching on lights. When I speak the word, when I speak flesh, when I speak Paul, I'm turning them off. Why is it so dark around here? Because I'm living out of the flesh. It's not demonics yet. But if you stay in that flesh, if you sow to that flesh, you reap corruption. I'm a big believer, and this is just me. I'm a big believer, but I also believe that the Lord is the Lord of times. Set times, periods of times. He has to be, because he's into feasts. He goes on about numbers. There's a whole book about numbers. I mean, he's into time. He created it. When they were mourning Moses, how long did God give them? 30 days. See, I believe that if we don't learn to get the victory in a period of time and work with grief in a period of time, naturally speaking, then when we grow out of that time, that grief is just not, what would you say, normal grief. A spirit of grief could come. because we are staying too long. You see, you would say, Pastor Paul, please have a heart. You have no idea what I've been through. Well, I could say then, God the Father, have a heart. You have no idea what the children of Israel have been through. But, but he didn't work like that. He would always say, guys, this is what we have to do. All the wailing and the crying. Didn't change his mind. From allowing a generation to die off. So that it would be the right mindset. That would possess the land. Because even though Joshua and Caleb had that spirit of faith, had that right mindset. See, Joshua would have been very young when he came out of Egypt. You know that. So he would not, he would not have had the slave deal mindset. So a whole generation had to die. You say, well, I never thought on it like that before. That's why we keep our eyes on Jesus. That's why we ensure that we have the spirit of faith. That's why we make sure that perfect love casts out fear. That's why we make sure that our mouths are not 
promoting unbelief, demise, stunting our growth. I want you to say this, I'm not dying off. I'm coming over here again. Shut it out, I'm not dying off. I'm gonna see the goodness of God in my life. Give him thanks for it right now. Come on, give him thanks. I sense the spirit of faith in here. Said, I receive the goodness of God in my life. I'm training my eyes on the target. I'm keeping my eye on Jesus. Woo, I sense victory. Come on, this is a great year. Shout out, this is a great year. And so how's it going to be a great year? Everything that we've said, how many people know everything that we've said since the get-go has been full of faith? Wave at me if you know that. It's been full of faith. It's been full of hope, full of expectation. It's given you coordinates. It's given you direction. It's pulling you up, even though you don't want to go up. It's pulling you up. Some people would like to think, you know what, well, I'd love to stay over at Pastor Paul's house. You wouldn't. You need to pray for my children. Because we, 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 we have a very different way of working. You don't bring your mood to the breakfast table. You get it sorted before you arrive. Because if you don't, you'll be sent back. If I had a thousand dollars for every time I challenged, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with your face? What's going on with you? I would be a very wealthy man. You say, that's awful. You couldn't live in a climate like that. Oh, my, my family love living with me because they love what happens. We have peace that passes all understanding. We have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Lift your hand and say, I receive this. You don't allow the devil to come to your breakfast table. You've just spent time with the Lord and someone from your family arrives like Coella DeVille <laughs> on steroids and you've just been praying and pumping up a storm and you've just been having a big time and you arrive, hello. You can't even say good morning. You know what people learn around here when they work with me? Is that they cannot break their texts with me in a day without saying morning first. We just don't get straight into business. We address ourselves with etiquette, nicest, niceties. Good morning. Good morning. 
What do they say in Oklahoma? Howdy, y'all. Do you know that in Ireland, no one says top of the morning? So, honey, save it. No one says it. One of my first times coming to America to minister, there was this lady, she was so excited. She was going to Ireland, and she had been watching John Wayne movies, and The Little Man, The Quiet Man, and Seven, whatever, and and little people, and I mean, she just had leprechauns coming out of her ears. I'm telling, she just was. And she said, tell me, do they have microwaves in Ireland? Hmm? I said, yes, and we have indoor plumbing. <laughs> We've got to go home. If the worship team would please come help me close this before I get myself into real trouble. How many people receive something from this today? You know what I'm doing? I am jogging your thoughts. Am I? Do I? Is there? Because we spent the first half of the service quoting, declaring. It's going to be a great year, but not just based upon a few words, but based upon his word. We're sealing the deal. And this is why he's getting our eyes on him, everything Jesus, because we're sealing the deal. He's Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the afternoon. Come on, everything Jesus. In Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know it well. It says, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight and understanding. That's why, you know, it was such a revelation to me when I studied the Scripture, and, you know, I'm a fervent study of prayer and prayers that have gone before me, where the Apostle Paul said, you know, pray in the Spirit, I'm with your understanding. Just paraphrasing a little bit for you, just for the sake of time. And when I would read Scripture, then I came to an, underst an understanding that, that when it's talking there about pray with your understanding, it's just not talking about you on a rant of just things that you think you understand. Because things that I thought I understood 10 years ago, some of those things I understood wrong. So if I was to pray with that understanding, then I go back to that 10 years ago, then I prayed all wrong. So no wonder I got no results. So when it's talking about understanding, you have to understand when you, when you read it contextually and you read it with the threads of scripture, then you have to understand that there's more to what he's saying than just pray with your understanding. And in other words, just pray whatever way you want or just pray in English. But I've said it like this over the years. If I'm, if I'm, going, to, if I'm going to speak in English or I'm going to pray in my, my articulate known language, then I'm going to keep it within parameters. I'm not going to go over into the sensual and the feeling and, and 
the what ifs and the coulds and the woulds and I, I'm going to keep it as sure as I can. How many people believe that's a good? Because how many people has ever went off at the deep end? <laughs> and you're talking about everything. Well, let me just say this to you. Have you ever went to coffee with someone or went to dinner with someone or went out with someone and they just went off at the deep end with you? And what they're downloading on you, you would need to be a certified counselor. You just, you're just a believer, but you'd need to be a certified counselor with what's happening to you right now because you're getting the muller load. And it's wonderful for that to happen, but you have to understand that if we keep doing that, what happens to the other person that's listening? If it goes on long, they start to switch off. Unfortunately, people stop listening. How many people understand that? They do. I'm not saying that God will ever stop listening, but you have to give him something to work with. And that's why we need a revelation this year of the makeup of man, spirit, soul, and body. We need to know the working parts. We need to know the laws of the spirit. We need to know how to have heaven in our home, heaven in our lives, to see heaven manifested in our lives. Can I have a big amen? We need to know that when we're praying in other tongues, that, that there is faith at work and something is happening beyond our intellect, beyond our human understanding and that we are engaged in the operations of heaven. We're speaking to God, not man. And then when we come into English or into art, whatever language we have, then we have to realize that it's just not anything. I'm just not talking for the sake of talking. It's the most amazing thing, guys, to be able to talk with someone that you can really get into a conversation. How many people love that? It lights up your bulb, your fuses are blowing. I mean, everything's happening. Instead of a conversation that is just like nails down a chalkboard. So we don't want our prayer life with the Father like nails down a chalkboard. We want to engage with stuff that changes our world. Wow. When you're praying, you must never forget that you were talking to the creator of the universe. He may be your heavenly father, but he is the architect of all. And so there is nothing that he does not know. Do you know what has really begun to happen to me over this last several years? long periods of time of just sitting, listening. How many people understand that? Focused and listening. Hearing. Because I could tell him everything I know, but that's not what he needs to hear. I need to hear what he knows. 
Well, did you get something out of this today? Come on, lift your hands. Begin to pray in the spirit with me all over this room. He said, lean on, not in your own understanding. Be confident in the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, in all your ways. Know, recognize, acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight your paths. He will reveal to you the path. Jeremiah, come on, pray in the spirit. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, fenced in and hidden, which you do not know. Do not distinguish and recognize, have knowledge of and understand. God is about to reveal to you something so powerful, something so wonderful, stuff that you did not know, stuff that you need to know. That's why paths are going to brighten up this year. I'm telling you, paths are going to illuminate this year. You're going to hear things that you never heard before, and revelation is going to come to you about the Father in a way that it has never happened before. Come on, do you believe this today? Come on, stand to your feet and just worship Him just a couple of minutes. God is on the move, and we've said this now for years, and we are moving with Him. I trust that you've received this today. I trust that you hear his heart through me today. I trust that you can hear that he's wanting you to focus. Look to me. Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. This year, spend time building your faith. This year, spend time listening to God. When you go out for coffee or go out for meals with people, keep your conversation wholesome. Keep it godly. Talk about scripture. Talk about everything good and leave everything that's wrong alone. This year, don't sow to the flesh, sow to the spirit. This year, come on, allow God to show you what is flesh, show you what is the spirit, show you what is him, show you what is you, show you what is his plans, show you what are your plans, show you. Come on, are you up for this this year? Come on, let's see this happen. And this year, pray more in the spirit than what you've ever done before. This year, set your goal, set your sights to be at more meetings than what you've ever been. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, why not? Why not? Why not? Make it a habit. Pastor John told us last week, it's time to get holy habits. Why not just set it like time is set? This is what I'm going to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to step it up in our house. And things that we maybe allowed last year, we're not going to allow them this year. Things that we toyed with last year, we're not going to toy with that any year. You know that little bit of contamination that we didn't think did any harm? Well, you don't want the fruit of that this year because you sowed it last year. So let's do everything we can to sow to our future a great harvest of health, healing, wealth, abundance, to life, Zoe life, to the life of God that is at work within us now, in Jesus' precious name. Father, today we submit this whole thing to you. I believe these are your words. I believe this is what you had me say. I believe, Father, people are hungry to walk in your ways, to know you, Father. 
and to see heaven manifested on the earth. We take authority over frustrations this year in the name of Jesus. We're going to see manifestations. We're going to see demonstrations. We're going to see the hand of God move mightily in our lives. We're going to see angelic interventions in the name of Jesus. Come on. No evil shall befall us. No sickness and disease is going to be with us in our homes of any sort. In the name of Jesus, we declare ourselves blessed in the city and blessed in the field. We declare ourselves blessed coming in and blessed going on. We declare ourselves covered in the blood of Jesus. We declare ourselves the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. We are blessed. If you believe it, shout a big amen. Shout it out. I am blessed. Pastors Mark and Cynthia, I am blessed. Say it again. I am blessed. One more time. I Look at your neighbor and tell them you are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed.